0: If your happy ending is no more joint pain, please try Sierra Sill with a money-back guarantee. It's all natural joint pain relief that's changed our lives. Sierra, like the mountains, and Sill, like silicon. Go to sierrasill.com. Use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift now with some 100 episodes for you to hear from familiar favorites like Snow White and Beauty and the Beast to other lesser-known tales, such as the one from Wizard of Oz author L. Frank Baum that I share with you here tonight. The Glass Dog is a whimsical tale of wizards and wonder, and I hope you'll enjoy it, at least until you fall asleep. Before we get to the story, I want to thank Kathy and Kim, the two RNs who are their own success story heroes of Envy Pillow. You know, when you spend good money for a mattress and $15 for a pillow, you end up with, you got it, a $15 night's sleep. Choose the pillow you can take with you anywhere. And that is made of sustainable, quality ingredients like no other. But you're sleepy. Learn more in the morning at EnvyPillow.com. And remember, use the code word DRIFT for 10% off any of their wonderful products. And sleep with the best. Let's begin here, as we like to do, with a few moments of relaxation. Relaxation. Wherever you are, whether in bed or a chair, perhaps you're traveling and just need that little nudge to take your mind off of everything. Thank you for being here. We'll start out with a deep breath. In... and out. Great. Now, as we do it this time, Feel the breath entering your lungs through your nostrils or your mouth. Feel that life-giving air as you breathe in and now breathe out. I'm going to ask you to let your body feel heavy wherever you are. Lower your shoulders. Let your head feel heavy on your pillow or headrest. And now that your shoulders are doing a bit less of the heavy lifting. Allow your arms and hands to just be limp. Take another deep breath in now and let that life go right down to your feet and just swivel your ankles a bit and let them rest. Now to your calves and thighs, let them feel heavy. Your backside, your back, around to your belly, And finally with one last deep breath in, your chest full, now out. Your whole torso, shoulders, neck relaxed. And if you would, just think these words, I am safe, I am loved, I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. An accomplished wizard once lived on the top floor of a boarding house and passed his time in quiet study and deep thought. What he didn't know about wizardry was hardly worth knowing, for he possessed all the books and recipes of all the wizards who had lived before him. And moreover, he had invented several spells himself. Now, this admirable person would have been completely happy, except for the many interruptions to his studies, caused by people who came to consult him about their troubles. He really was not interested in helping them. But then there were also the loud knocks of the milkman, the baker's delivery boy, the laundryman, and, well, you get the picture. He never dealt with any of these people, but they rapped at his door every day to see him about this or that or to try to sell him their wares. Just when he had his nose buried deepest in his books or was engaged in watching the bubbling of a cauldron, there would come a knock at his door. Ugh! And after sending the intruder away, he always found he had lost his train of thought or ruined his magical recipe. Wouldn't you know it? Eventually, these interruptions aroused anger, and he pondered, then pondered some more. Finally, he came up with just the remedy. He needed a dog to keep people away from his door, but he didn't know where to find a dog. although. In the next room lived a poor glassblower, with whom he had a bit of an acquaintance. So he went into the man's apartment and asked, Where can I find a dog? What sort of dog? inquired the blower. A good dog, one that will bark at people and drive them away. One that will be no trouble to keep and won't expect to be fed. One that has no fleas and is neat in his habits, one that will obey me when I speak to him, in short, a good dog," said the wizard. "Hm, that's a tall order. Such a dog is hard to find," returned the glassblower, who was busy making a blue glass flower pot with a pink glass rose bush in it, having green glass leaves and yellow glass roses. The wizard watched him thoughtfully. Why can't you blow me a dog out of glass? he asked. I can, declared the glass blower, but it would not bark at people, you know. Oh, I'll fix that easily enough, replied the other. If I could not make a glass dog bark, I would be a mighty poor wizard. Very well, if you can use a glass dog, I'll be pleased to blow one for you, only you must pay me for my work. Certainly, agreed the wizard, but I have none of that horrid stuff you call money. You must take some of my wares in exchange. The glass blower considered the matter. Well, you're a wizard, yes? Yes. Could you give me something to cure my rheumatism? he asked. Oh, yes. Easily. Then it's a bargain. I'll start the dog at once. What color of glass shall I use? Hmm. Pink is a pretty color, said the wizard. And it's unusual for a dog, isn't it? Very. But it shall be pink. So the wizard went back to his studies, and the glassblower began to make the dog. Next morning, he entered the wizard's room with the glass dog under his arm and set it carefully upon the table. It was a beautiful pink in color, like a flamingo, with a fine coat of spun glass, and about its neck was twisted a blue glass ribbon. Its eyes were specks of black glass and sparkled intelligently, as do many of the glass eyes worn by men. The wizard said he was pleased indeed with the glassblower's skill and handed him a small vial. This will cure your rheumatism, he said, but- but the vial is empty, protested the glass-blower. oh no. There is one drop of liquid in it. Is just one drop enough to cure my rheumatism? inquired the glass blower in wonder. Most certainly. That is a marvelous remedy. The one drop contained in the vial will cure instantly any kind of disease ever known to humanity. Therefore, it is specially good for rheumatism. But guard it well, for it is the only drop of its kind in the world. And, well, I've forgotten the recipe. Thank you, said the glass blower, and went back to his room. Then the wizard cast a whizzy spell and mumbled several very learned words in the wizardese language over the glass dog. And imagine this the little animal first wagged its tail from side to side, then winked his left eye knowingly, and at last began barking in a most frightful manner. That is, when you stop to consider the noise came from a pink glass dog. There is something almost astonishing in the magic arts of wizards, unless, of course, You know how to do the things yourself, and then you are not expected to be surprised at them. The wizard was as delighted as could be at the success of his spell, although he was not astonished. Immediately he placed the dog outside his door, where it would bark at anyone who dared knock and so disturb the studies of its master. The glassblower on returning to his room, decided not to use the one drop of wizard cure-all just then. Hmm, my rheumatism is better today, he reflected, and I will be wise to save the medicine for a time when I am very ill, when it will be of more service to me. So he placed the vial in his cupboard and went to work, Blowing more roses out of glass. But as he toiled, it occurred to him that the medicine might not keep, so he got up to go next door and ask the wizard about it. But when he reached the door, the glass dog barked so fiercely that he dared not knock and hurried back to his own room. Indeed, The poor man was quite upset at so unfriendly a reception from the dog that he himself had so carefully and skillfully made. The next morning, as he read his newspaper, he noticed an article stating that the beautiful Miss Midas, the richest young lady in town, was very ill, and the doctors had given up hope of her recovery. The glassblower, although miserably poor, hard-working, and, well, not very good-looking, by his own admission, was a man of ideas. He suddenly remembered his precious medicine and decided to use it to better advantage than relieving his own ills. He dressed himself in his best clothes, brushed his hair and combed his whiskers, Washed his hands and tied his necktie, blackened his shoes, wiped down his vest, and then put the vial of magic curel in his pocket. Next, he locked his door, went downstairs, and walked through the streets to the grand mansion, where the wealthy Miss Midas resided. The butler opened the door and said, "No soap." No jewelry, no vegetables, no hair oil, no books, no baking powder. My young lady is dying, and we need nothing. The glassblower was insulted at being taken for a peddler. My friend, he began proudly, but the butler interrupted him, saying, No tombstones either. There's a family graveyard, and the monument's built. But the graveyard won't be needed, if you'll permit me to speak, said the glass blower. No doctors, sir. They've given up my young lady, and she's given up the doctors, continued the butler, calmly. I'm not a doctor, returned the glass blower. Hm nor are the others, huffed the butler. But what are you here for? I called to cure your young lady by means of a magical compound. Well, if that's the case, step in, please, and take a seat in the hall. I'll speak to the housekeeper, said the butler, more politely this time. So he spoke to the housekeeper, and the housekeeper mentioned the matter to the steward, and the steward consulted the chef, and the chef sent the lady's maid to see the stranger. Thus are the very wealthy bound by ceremony, even when dying. When the lady's maid heard from the glassblower that he had a medicine which would cure her mistress, she said, I'm glad you came. But, said he, if I restore your mistress to health, she must marry me. I'll make the proper inquiries and see if she's willing, answered the maid, and went at once to consult Miss Midas. The young patient did not hesitate for an instant. I'd marry any old thing rather than die, she cried. Bring him here at once. So the glass blower came, poured the magic drop into a little water, and gave it to the patient. And the next minute, Miss Midas was as well as she had ever been in her life. "'Dear me!' she exclaimed. "'I've an engagement at the fritters' reception tonight. "'Bring my pearl-colored silk, Marie, and I will start getting ready at once. "'Oh, and don't forget to cancel the order for the funeral flowers and your morning attire.' But Miss Midas, protested the glassblower, who witnessed the patient's recovery and her subsequent making of plans, you promised to marry me if I cured you. I know, said the young lady, but we must have time to make proper announcement in the society papers and have the wedding cards engraved. Call tomorrow, and we'll talk it over. The glassblower had not made a good impression upon her as a husband, and she was glad to find an excuse for getting rid of him for the time being. And, well, she did not want to miss the fritter's reception. The man went home filled with joy, for he figured his plan had succeeded, and he was about to marry a rich wife, who would keep him in luxury forever afterward. The first thing he did on reaching his room was to smash his glass-blowing tools and throw them out the window. He then sat down to figure out ways of spending his wife's money. The following day, he called upon Miss Midas, who was reading a novel and eating chocolate creams as happily as if she had never been sick in her life. "'Wherever did you get the magic compound that cured me?' she asked. "'From a learned wizard,' said he. And then, thinking it would interest her, he told her how he had also made the glass dog for the wizard, and how it barked and kept everybody from bothering him. "'How delightful!' she said. I've always wanted a glass dog that could bark. But there's only one in the world, he answered, and it belongs to the wizard. You must buy it for me, said the lady. The wizard cares nothing for money, replied the glassblower. Then you must steal it for me, she retorted. I can never live happily another day unless I have a glass dog that can bark. Well, the glassblower was much distressed at this, but said he would see what he could do, for a man, he thought, should always try to please his wife, and Miss Midas had promised to marry him within a week. On his way home, he purchased a heavy sack, and when he passed the wizard's door, And the pink glass dog ran out to bark at him. He threw the sack over the dog, tied the opening with a piece of twine, and carried him away to his own room. The next day he sent the sack by a messenger boy to Miss Midas with his compliments. And later in the afternoon he called upon her in person, feeling quite sure he would be received with gratitude for stealing the dog she so greatly desired. But when he came to the door, and the butler opened it, he was amazed to see the glass dog rush out and begin barking at him furiously. Call off your dog, he shouted in terror. I can't, sir, answered the butler. My young lady has ordered the glass dog to bark whenever you call here. You'd better look out, sir, he added, for if it bites you, you may have glassophobia. This so frightened the poor glassblower that he ran away. But he stopped at a drugstore and put his last dime into a payphone so he could talk to Miss Midas without being bitten by the dog. Hello, what is it? said a voice. I want to speak with Miss Midas, said the glass blower. And soon a sweet voice picked up and said, This is Miss Midas. What is it? Why have you treated me so cruelly and set the glass dog on me? asked the poor fellow. Well, to tell the truth, I don't like your looks. Your cheeks are pale and baggy. Your hair is coarse and long. Your eyes are small and red, your hands are big and rough, and you're bow-legged. But, but, I can't help my looks, pleaded the glassblower. And you really promised to marry me. If you were better looking, I'd keep my promise. But under the circumstances, you're no match for me and unless you keep away from my mansion, I shall set my glass dog on you. Then she hung up the phone and would have nothing more to say. The miserable glassblower went home with a heart bursting with disappointment and started thinking of ways to end his life. Then someone knocked at the door, and upon opening it, the glassblower saw the wizard i've lost my dog someone has stolen him that's too bad declared the glassblower indifferently make me another said the wizard but i can't i've thrown away my tools then what shall i do i don't know unless you offer a reward for the dog but i have no money said the wizard. Offer some of your potions, then, suggested the glassblower. The only thing I can spare, replied the wizard thoughtfully, is a beauty powder. What? cried the glassblower. Have you really such a thing? Yes, indeed. Whoever takes the powder will become the most beautiful person in the world. Well, if you'll offer that as a reward, said the glassblower, eagerly. Then I'll try to find the dog for you. For above everything else, I long to be beautiful. But I warn you, the beauty will only be skin deep, said the wizard. <laughs> That's all right, replied the happy glassblower. When I lose my skin, I don't care if I remain beautiful. Then tell me where to find my dog, and you shall have the powder, promised the wizard. So the glass blower went out and pretended to search, and eventually he returned and said, I've discovered the dog. You'll find him in the mansion of Miss Midas. The wizard went at once to see if this were true, and sure enough, the glass dog ran out and began barking at him. Then the wizard spread out his hands and chanted a magic spell, which put the dog into a deep sleep. And then he picked him up and carried him to his own room on the top floor of the boarding house. Afterward, he carried the beauty powder to the glass blower as a reward. And right away, the fellow swallowed it and became, in a poof, the most beautiful and handsome man in the world. Well, the next time he called upon Miss Midas, there was no dog to bark at him. And when the young lady saw him, she fell in love with his beauty right away. Oh, if only you were a count or a prince, I would willingly marry you. But I am a prince, he answered. The Prince of Glasgow. Glassblowers. Glassblowers. Ah, she said, then if you are willing to accept an allowance of four dollars a week, I'll order the wedding cards engraved. The man hesitated, but when he considered his options, he consented to the terms. And so they were married. And this is where we should say, and lived happily ever after. But the bride was very jealous of her husband's beauty and treated him terribly like an unloved and unwanted dog. So what did he do? He managed to get into debt and made her miserable in return. Maybe they deserved each other. As for the glass dog, The wizard set him barking again by means of his wizardness and put him outside his door. I suppose he's still there and am rather sorry, for wouldn't it be nice to consult the wizard to learn a moral to this story? And with that, a lesser known of L. Frank Baum's wizard tales for we all know his story of Dorothy, the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, and the Scarecrow. A tale perhaps for another time. I will wish you a good night and sweet dreams.